and join in the fun. The Pennsylvania Polka. It started in Scranton. It's now number one. It's fun to entertain ya. Everybody has a mania to do the polka from Pennsylvania. Once again, it's the Black Shoe Diaries podcast. Chris Grovich here in, in wonderful Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and slowly starting to emerge from what I've been calling the baby daycare plague that has affected me for uh, a solid four weeks now, and, and it's, it's not been a real good time, uh, contrary to what uh, a certain artist under an underpass may try to tell you. <laughs> um, Kevin Powers in D.C., how are you? I'm good. I uh, Would you rather have... The diseases you catch under an underpass or the ones you catch from a daycare? I'm pretty sure I got this from a daycare under an underpass. <laughs> it's been that bad. As, as I told you right before we started recording, this has been going on since before the Sandusky thing broke. So um, apologies for not having a podcast last week. I was in really bad shape last week. <laughs> really, really bad shape. And... Um, Quick um, hello to Tony, who always emails me every week is, and asks me, is there going to be a podcast this week? Which, um, hello, Tony, and yes, there is, and uh, thank <laughs> you for being uh, our most enthusiastic and possibly only listener, but um, yes, we, we are here, and we appreciate your, uh, uh, your support and your listening. Um, Wisconsin, 45, Penn State, 7, do I have that right? Because I, I tried to block it out. I stopped counting. I think... Really, at halftime, it was over. And honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you anything that happened after halftime, even though I did sit and watch the whole game. It was awful. It, 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 was, it was awful in every way. And um, I will give you a, a, a forum uh, to your very self if you would like to complain about anything in particular uh, regarding the game, up to and including officiating. So please... I hate, I hate, hate, hate that I want to be the guy so bad who bitches about the refs. <laughs> I want, like, I, I'm not proud of it. I know exactly how it looks. I, you know, I've read it a thousand times from every team. Um, but you're gone with it. I, I can't, I can't help myself. I get you know, it. I, I, I tweeted get it. during the game, and I doubt anyone read it, and that's fine. But I never tweet during the games, or I very, very rarely tweet during the games, and it was so aggravating that. And you know it's it's hard to separate like how aggravated I was about the officiating from how aggravated I was about McGloin having a, a, a just you know a quintessential like awful pass who has been pretty good all year. To, I mean, if, if we're going to give credit where credit's due, mm-hmm. um, that 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 was a a pleasant surprise. But you know the Bradley, I, I felt like Bradley really wasn't. I needed I needed. Um, I needed somebody to get angry on the television to help me feel better about not being able to to, to communicate with anybody at the game. And, and, and that's sort of one of the things I picked up on while watching it. And, and I was I was multiple times accused of trolling our entire fan base on Twitter. <laughs> during the Never. Game. <clears throat> and, and I really didn't. I, I mean, I guess I was. <clears throat> I, it's I, polite I, trolling. But you know, it, it got to it got to a so. point where yes, there were there were holds and and there were obvious holds and they weren't being called. Um, at the same time, I didn't see any Penn State players complaining about it. I didn't see them turning around to the umpire and and, and complaining. I didn't see any Penn State coaches making a scene on the sideline about it. it. It just seemed like they were resigned to just getting steamrolled at a, at a certain point, and, and that is what made me frustrated. So when Russell Wilson's breaking. You know, eleven tackles on the way to a, a twenty-five yard gain. I'm tweeting like, "Oh, that was clearly due to holding." And, and yes, that is trolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know that that's my way of coping. I troll. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it's what I do. People, I'm sorry. This is this is who I am. I I wouldn't troll say hard. that the, that the lack of of sideline um, anger was was any type of indication that they weren't getting jobbed by the refs. I I think it was only it was just another symptom of the season like i really felt like there was an exhaustion point yeah that that yeah. just got got hit there and i mean you know 
And if you want to, if you want to also just, I mean, this was a perfect culmination of everything just going wrong. The defense wasn't tackling. It was. Russell Wilson looked great. The most aggravating part about Russell Wilson is that he was, you know, this is the most, this is as bitter as bitching about the refs, but he was a total free agent, total loophole mm-hmm. that they've closed 10 seconds after he got to Wisconsin. Um, you know, by every account, their backup quarterback is, would be in one of our quarterback competitions. So, right. Like he, he might not start at Penn State. Yeah. I mean, he might, not be, he might not be second team at Penn State. You know, and then if that Nebraska game, if this whole thing hadn't happened and that Nebraska game was played in, in what, what you could call a normal environment, you know, there's a pretty good chance Penn State wins it, and there's a pretty good chance the game is irrelevant. I mean, there were so many things that yeah. that you could just get upset about, and they all happened at once. It did. It's phenomenal. And, and, and I eventually reached an equi- equilibrium point where I said in the recap, um, Penn State received no favors and, and did themselves no favors, essentially. Um, everything pretty much conspired, and, you know, in its own way to just completely bury Penn state in that game. Uh, the four turnovers, I don't even know if Wisconsin had, a, I think they had a turnover very, very late, which I was not watching at that point. Um, I'm, I'm talking like last minute of the game. The McGloin interception was just a killer. Um, regarding the penalty against McGloin for spiking the ball after the play had been dead for a false start, it probably, one of the, the two or three most egregiously over uh, over refereed moments I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, it, it's up there with like the ticky tackiest of celebration penalties. Well, that was my, you know, there the the green. I think it was green. <clears throat> the pointing to the sky penalty he got at Syracuse. Yeah, it, it, like it was. It was like that. years ago. Well, and you know, a Wisconsin player did the exact same thing as that on either the third or fourth touchdown. And again, this is like, this is just coping anger. But no, to it's, me, it's, it's to proper. me, I would have actually been okay with the McGloin penalty if he would have called a celebration penalty for something that you could justify as a cell. You know, at least it's like a, in a weird way, I'm, I'm almost happy that it's like when, when an umpire is always calling like this pitch that's two inches off the plate and low a strike, but he does it every time. Right, I like. I'm comforted by that in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on it's on the team to adjust. There was no there was no rhyme or reason to any of it at all. No, it was. I mean, that was just terrible, really, really terrible, and, and just unjustifiable in 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 any sense. What what did the referee think McGloin was doing there? Like he was angry that I, I guess he was angry that the Penn State fall started or. I mean, you're on the road in a very, very loud environment. and High-stakes game. High-stakes game. Guy's coming off the edge, and you're just standing there holding the ball like a dummy. And a defensive end might not hear, you know, hear the whistle. And, I mean... No, that kind of spike stuff is totally wrong in the middle. Silliness. A lot of people are bringing up NFL instances of it, and... Honestly, if you watch NFL football and that happens, I can see you just instinctively doing it because you, for the same reason you... you it's know. a safety. It's a self-preservation thing. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just just silly. Um, I don't think there's any sort of conspiracy against Penn State. I know people love to say that, but Big Ten referees are just bad. They're bad at their jobs. Um, there have been times in the past, certainly against Michigan, and if Brian Cook's listening to this, he's going to be cackling with glee. Um, <laughs> there have been times in the past when I was dead set, like, oh, my God, this entire conference is out to get us. Uh, it didn't feel that way to me. Uh, I, I'm not going to advocate for, for an investigation or anything like that, but it seems very real to me that the Big Ten was very scared of Penn State playing in the championship game. Yeah. And I don't mean in, in like a very serious, like conniving way, but you know, they probably didn't even have to talk about it too much, but it, it just wouldn't have been good for them after pulling Paterno's name off the trophy. I still can't believe they did that. I, I don't and really I, understand I've, that either. I've, I've been as critical as Paterno uh, as just about anybody who writes about Penn State and uh, to the point of practically becoming a villain to some people. And, um, 
I, I think that's just unconscionable to take his name off the trophy. Uh, if they ever touch that statue, uh, there will be hell to pay. There, there will be actual reason to riot for once <laughs> up in Happy Valley. Um, it's also why you shouldn't really make statues of people while they're still here. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I think, you know, Paterno's reputation and legacy have been tarnished enough. You don't have to sort of rub it in by taking his name off trophies. And, and we still don't know. I mean, I know we think we know and we have a pretty good idea, but at the very least we should, we should close the book on what we know and don't know before we make permanent decisions. And I mean, I, I, I know that, I know that that was the, the argument on the second day, but there, there was definitely an urgency to do something because of how egregious the, the thing was and how just the snowball effect of all of it. I mean, you see what Syracuse is doing. They're immediately, <laughs> immediately pulling plugs yeah. on things. And, and, uh, I mean, the, the, the name thing, the only thing I can think is, is that Big Ten just didn't want to touch it. And if they didn't want to touch it, I can't imagine they wanted to have the conversation about Paterno's name. And then Jay Paterno made that post-it note, which you, you don't say that. You, you know, I think you do it, but you don't, you it's, don't some, say it's something it. you say to the team in-house, like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is how we're going to do it. And you let some outgoing senior, you know, do something stupid the way that... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, like the the it's escaping me. The I, and it's my favorite Penn State moment of all time, and I can't even remember that end of the Tennessee game. Oh, they that's weren't tough um, enough. To, Tony Hunt. Tony Hunt. It's it's like you do the Tony Hunt speech. You you just you leave it all out on the field, and then you've got fifteen seconds to like get your dig in, and then you ride into the sunset. That was like ninth degree ninja trolling. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, we just kept running the same play over and over again. They didn't want to tackle me. They were tough enough to stop. To yeah. stop. So anyway, I, I, I'm over it. I think, I mean, the game was so bad and, and frankly, it, it might be time to, to start the, uh, you know, a serious question here if you want to change gears, but yeah, how, yeah, cause I'm done. I'm done with, I'm, I'm over it too. Right. Um, we have a coaching search in a committee and we'll talk about the committee in a second, I'm sure. Uh-huh. But Jim Trestle. Serious question. Yeah. Would you interview Jim Trestle? <laughs> no. <laughs> My God, no. Um, I, I think it would be absolutely hysterical to see what Ohio State fans would do. But no, you, you don't. Um, but God, could you imagine? Every win over Ohio State would be, <clears throat> would be some kind of... And they would happen once every five or six years. I feel like I need a shower even considering it. <laughs> I I feel like he was strangely vindicated in all this in a weird way. After hearing Urban Meyer's um parts of his acceptance speech, which I found weird by I the way. I didn't I didn't listen to a word of it, so go ahead and uh the the part that sticks out most is I mean, first of all, he he talks a mean game and these guys get to where they are because they're they're good at pulling strings and pushing buttons and getting people riled up and getting people motivated and, and that goes for fans and players, but he he got into and I'm going to have to paraphrase because I can't remember the specifics of it, but basically he was he was disgusted with the state of college football. Uh, he took a year off, and everything was and, fixed. It's been it's been right. the most healing year of college football I could possibly so remember. He's talked about his health, which I don't. You know, one of the things that is a low percentage, but certainly not 
an, uh, a completely ridiculous argument is that if his health was a problem at Florida and he says he's better, um, was his health not a problem or is his health going to be a problem in the future? But that, that's impossible to speculate on. But, you know, he was really upset at, and I couldn't tell if he was taking like a dig at the SEC or if he was trying to be serious about being completely contradictory for the last two years about everything. <laughs> but he, you know, he, and then he said, well, he talked to the, to people that make a lot of money whose job it is to fix things. And he decided he used some weird analogy about being in center field and then in left field and then in right field. He decided to go back to center field because it's not his job to fix the NCAA, which, um, that's nice of him. Why say anything about that at all? You kind of already have, have taken the moral high ground on that. You've left the SEC for, you know, a Big Ten school. You've you've made taken plenty of digs at the NCAA and college football in general as a commentator at ESPN. So I, I don't really get unless he's just trying to just get all of that out and over with so that he can move on. But I mean he he hasn't been consistent at all and he's gonna do a fantastic job there. No, I, I go back I, to um the bowl game, the Outback Bowl with, with Penn State and Florida. And Meyer couldn't have been more chummy and more sycophantic with, with Paterno and saying, oh, yeah, Penn State and Florida, these are two programs that always do things the right way. And at the time, you know, we laughed and laughed and laughed and because, you know, Florida was you know, had half their team suspended for smoking weed or, or, or doing something. Uh, Meyer wasn't exactly the biggest disciplinarian at the time, and um, Spencer Hall completely made fun of him over and over and over again because he really didn't care much about disciplining anybody. Well, since then, Penn State's obviously had its own little its own little thing at the time, but it, it was weird to see Meyer back then suddenly trying to to make his own, and of course his his retirement was pending at the time trying to sh- sort of shine his own star a little bit. And if he thinks, I mean, that the health thing at Florida has always been sort of transparent to me. Um, although Luke, Luke, Luke Zimmerman will tell you there's scientific proof that, or, or just about that there's scientific proof that that entire thing was, was made up at worst or dramatically overblown at best. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, forgetting about that for a second, if Urban Meyer thinks that, let's say that he does have health problems, give him the benefit of the doubt. If he thinks that coaching at Ohio State is going to suddenly be this sort of zen, stress-free environment where he's just going to get to go and, and, and work eight hours and go home and, and everything's going to be cool, he's, I mean, he's not going to last. He's not going to last two or three years at that job. It's, I mean, it's it's essentially SEC North. My brother likes to say that, actually. You have a lot of influences from all over that area. It's Columbus is really sort of unique in the Big Ten in, in that there aren't many Big Ten cities. And, the, you know, they're, they're not really huge population centers. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I guess there are a few, but nothing quite like Columbus where you have sort of the population plus the mass hysteria surrounding the program. And I find it sort of difficult to believe that Meyer's going to be able to control things as, as, as much as you know, he may think out there. It'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, and certainly he brings a, a level of coaching skill that the Big Ten doesn't really have elsewhere. Um, he's going to be able to recruit um, tremendously, I'm, I'm sure. There's there's some talk that guys like Dan Mullen, who I'm sure we'll get to eventually here, and Charlie Strong were better recruiters than Urban, and, and that Urban's recruiting sort of fell off in the last few years at Florida, which kind of led to a bit of a downturn there, but... It's, I mean, I, I don't think as much as I would like to have Urban Meyer as my coach <laughs> at the end of our coaching search, I don't think it's necessarily the slam dunk that everybody else uh, thinks it is. No, it's, it definitely feels a little risky. The upside is, is certainly there. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there are no stars in, Big Ten, in the Big Ten coaching ranks. I mean, 
Ron Zook was the closest thing we had to a coaching star, like a name brand coach. All right, and, you know, you, <laughs> and you know they're going to hire you know a, a completely anonymous person to fill that job. Um, hey, you weren't you weren't tracking flights today like I was. Oh yeah, did you see Who, that? Uh, there was a uh, there was a charter flight going from uh, Central Illinois Airport, which is just about uh, looked like about a half hour away from Champaign from Shambana. Uh, to University Park today, and it returned about four o'clock this afternoon. There's no proof as to who was on it or what it was doing, but somebody had posted. But it was it. definitely Larry Jones. But it was, but it was definitely a plane. <laughs> and, and somebody had posted the link on VSD. I'm like, <laughs> everyone's like, okay, here we go. Flight tracking has begun. Um, yeah. But yeah, great. It's it, it's it's we're entering. An area and an era of just complete weirdness, and um, it's exciting and it's terrifying, and I love it and I hate it. And it's, it's just going to be this uh, this whirlwind until you know Penn State actually steps up and does something. suppose brings us to the search committee newly formed or at least newly announced today and uh, i have the announcement here from penn state the uh penn state president rodney erickson uh, appointed dave joiner to head the search committee dave joiner of course being your uh, athletic director i think he's acting is he acting I'm, or i'm reading a i have a pen live presser up erickson's permanent joiner still acting it skips it skips the erickson <clears throat> introduction of joiner Linda Caldwell uh, is on the here's, – here's your committee. It's uh, Linda Caldwell, Penn State faculty athletics representative. Apparently she's published a lot of um, research on at-risk youth, things of that nature. Charmel Green, who is the uh, Penn State associate athletic director and senior woman administrator. What the f- – <laughs> senior woman administrator? Does that mean oldest administrator um, of the female – I don't. I uh, don't know. Whatever. Like, you think someplace so maniacally progressive as Penn State's administration wouldn't have senior woman administrator? It'd just be senior administrator. That's weird. Charmel Green um, was a softball coach at Notre Dame, who eventually got into their uh, athletic department and was. Uh, Eventually got a job here at Penn State. She's not exactly a heavyweight of the of the university. Ira Lubert, on the other hand, is. Um, he's chairman and co-founder of Independence Capital Partners and Lubert Adler Partners. These are mega real estate um, sort of venture firms from what I've been able to figure out in, in, in the Philadelphia area and pretty much all along the East Coast. Lubert is... Um, a former wrestling teammate of Dave Joyner in the 70s at Penn State. He is uh, uh, very much a heavy hitter. and um, He's the money connection. He's the, the money con- He's the guy that is is generally given credit for bringing Cale Sanderson to Penn State. That's the guy you need to be looking at in this whole scenario. John Nichols, I actually uh, have met John Nichols. He's a, a, a nice man. He's a retired professor now. Um, he was actually an, an advisor for one of the groups I was in at Penn State. Um, nice guy, smart guy. I don't know. He's he's your um, emeritus professor, give his title here, at Penn State College of Communications and chair of the Coalition on Intercollegiate Athletics. Um, bright guy. You know, I, I have nothing bad to say about him. Russ Rose is on the committee, head coach, uh, Penn State women's volleyball. Um, nothing against Russ Rose, but... I, I don't see how he has any real business 
being involved in the selection of a football coach as the head coach of a non-revenue sport that depends on the football program too. <laughs> that is that is a weird one. And aren't there, isn't he right in the middle of some type of playoff? Yeah, I mean the the, the uh, women's volleyball tournament starts like tomorrow. So he's engaged. So, in he's, the search. He's, so the, I mean, this is really it's Lubert, Joiner, and Erickson are, are the people you should be focusing on. The rest of this is is frankly window dressing, and I don't say that to disrespect the people on the committee. I say that to disrespect the process that's being used. Um, and it, to take a step back from this, what's with this committee situation? Why do we need? Why is there so suddenly many, a committee? Why do we need so many committee? First of all, I've never, correct me, <coughs> maybe I haven't paid enough attention to the press releases of the schools that were doing high-profile high searches, but I've, I've never heard of one of these, or at least I've never seen one referenced, Well, I there guess. are search committees, and a lot of times you'll see people, or you know, you'll see people, you'll see universities bring in search firms or search consultants of some sort. Um, I, I don't personally, and... You know, why stop being cynical now, essentially? <laughs> but I, I don't see the forming of, of a football head coach search committee being any different than forming a, a blue ribbon committee or a special committee to investigate the actual events that went on at Penn State. The, this is this is cover. Yeah, and that's my problem. And that's really what I meant to I mean, when I said the committee thing. I, I mean, who the hell was in charge of this before? Yeah, I mean, why? Well, why, why I, I just don't understand the now? way that we can like let's just committee ourselves out of problems. And if if there's a if anyone second guesses anything, well, then oh well, well, the committee approved. Yeah, it, so. it's 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 watered out. The independent. If, if um, something fails, it's it's more you know diluted. Well, I mean, and you you know what's going to happen if they hire a bad coach and the guy turns out to be a crook or something? Oh, Charmel Green, it's all her fault. I'm going to go to Russ Rose and be like. What have you done? He's going to say, I didn't even, I Skyped into the meeting on t- Tuesday after the Wisconsin game, and that's all I had to do with this. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand the committee. I, I was told there would be cake. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, they're doing, they're doing what they have to do in a sense do, you just, really do they have to? I mean, yes, who, because, who's telling just, them? They hired somebody. Just in an administrative sense, they're doing what they think a giant organization has to do. Like, I, I get it from that perspective. Whether it's actually necessary to the process, no. No, of course not. But they're doing what large bureaucratic organizations do, and that is create committees, and then two people run the committee, and two people make the decisions. And and really, you know, Ira has to. At, at best case, he's just a proxy for all of the big donors. He's not even. I can't imagine he's doing right too much. I mean, he. he I'm sure he's rich as hell, but um, he's rich as hell. He, you know, he can't represent. You know, his opinion can't mirror that of all of the rich people. But all of the rich people probably need to to they come to his, some type of consensus. Name. Right, right. They know, they know how to get a hold of him. Well, he's in the the loge right next to them, so they pop their head over the wall sure. and they yell "Ira," and that's how they. <laughs> I mean, where, where's Terry Pagula in this? I, I mean, he. You, you have to think that guy's dying to get involved here. Well, do you think just dying to get involved? You I feel think like he could have gotten on this committee if he wanted to. I don't think he probably doesn't want to be on the committee. Why would he? Right. You know that that's. That that that's why you see all these people on the committees because they're they're nobody right? <laughs> except for Ira Lubert and and you know and, and I say nobody in the sense I mean I'm I'm being I'm not trying to be dismissive but again I am in the sense that like we know Charmel Green is not deciding who the next football coach of Penn State is we know Linda Caldwell's not we know John Nichols is not we know Russ Rose is not I'm sorry love the volleyball team but come on. So, um, th- these aren't equal votes is what I'm saying. Right. We'll get to be in the room. We'll get to be in the meeting, but you know, th- there aren't six votes on this committee. Well, and I also, I haven't seen any details about, are, is this committee like the interview committee or are they just the, it's just the committee. applicants? <laughs>
You're right. Just, I've already, I've already gone way too far. Let's go it let's go at it this way. Where do we think we're headed with this in terms of candidates? I was I was doing a little bit of research on Mullen, on Dan Mullen, Mississippi State's head coach, and Charlie Strong, Louisville's head coach, both former Urban Meyer disciples. And um I I, I pledge to you, world, I will make uh the hashtag fight Meyer with Meyer. <laughs> Trend like a bastard. Um Mullins buyout at Mississippi State, I believe, is one point four million dollars. Strong's at Louisville is two point five million dollars prior to June of next year. After that, it goes down a little bit. Um, Dave Jones from the Patriot News tweeted some these uh, media guys from Harrisburg not good, not so good at the Twitter <laughs> because it's this sort of vague, uh, sort of vague thing where he said. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he, if he was saying that both the buyouts were too expensive or just Strong's is too expensive. Um, I there is no buyout that is too expensive, right? No, I, I can't believe that there is. Uh, there is money there. You know there are people. I mean, a million dollars? Big money people who have been dying to get some control over this program. And, 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 and like it or not, that's where we are. We're... We're firmly thrust into the uh, era of boosters now. Well, we have no the power. The power vacuum is in full effect. Yeah, and there there will be no shortage of people trying to charge in there, um, Pagula and otherwise. I can't see any way, any way, despite what. Graham Spanier may have said in the past about getting into the college football arms race. That is bullshit. Uh, university president, you know, high talking. Like, oh, we're not, we're, we're a prestigious university. We're not getting bullshit. Yeah. You keep the academic people happy right. by yeah, saying yeah. stuff like yeah. that. You, you keep, yeah, exactly. They will pay whatever they can. Well, they're already. And, and, they, and went, they got into the wrestling coaching arms race. They got into the Division One hockey arm race with the new arena that has solar panels on it. <laughs> I mean, there's no like, if there's a payoff, or if it adds to prestige, they're going to do it. Yeah, they're not going to let and, the whole university die for and a, those a are, seven million dollar. Those buyout. are sports that lose money, right? Uh, I don't know what hockey's bottom line is going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's going to lose money. It may not. I hope it doesn't. But there's there's legit hockey states that that win some years and lose others. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, of red and black, Penn State has to be. I have to have to think it's the same way. If they're good, there there's a trendy crowd available to. Yeah. And I mean that in the best possible sense. Yeah. Well, those those games are going to be a lot of fun. Um, but we're talking about the football program now. This is the. Uh, yeah. This is what floats the boat. This is what keeps the the women's field hockey team, you know, that's what keeps uh, gas in the bus. That's what keeps... uh, It drives, and I mean, it goes to the very core of the school. I mean, there's there's a strong correlation between applications, quantity, and and football wins. It drives absolutely everything. The, The local economy, the economy of the school, applications sent to the school. If football sucks, Penn State's gonna suck. Yeah, you know, it'll be, you know, not a direct correlation, but certainly the quality of students that apply or that get accepted will be less. Um, the money flowing into the university, which is already going to take a hit uh, for multiple reasons because of the scandal, will be affected. And 
it's simply something that they can't afford to go cheap on. And, and they can't lose. And you, I don't you, I don't think they will. You spend money and you make the money back. <clears throat> well, that's the, that's that's exactly it. The only way you really really fuck it up is if you hire you know Ron Zook for 6 million dollars a year and you end up going 5 and 7. Right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that can't happen, not necessarily uh, Castro on water skis himself, but I and the problem is the scandal has so narrowed the applicant pool, the potential applicant pool, that I wonder what we're actually going to end up with. And well, I, this and, and I, I fear a long walk through the woods. Yeah, I. And it's going to be hard to avoid. I mean, they, this is you know probably the most important decision that's been made at Penn State in decades. And I don't think that's understating things. No, it's by far the, the most. I mean, it's if. It's by far the most important decision. I mean, I would say joining a conference in 94 was a very big decision. Yeah. Or 93, I guess. Um, or before that, when they made the decision. I, I'm not actually even sure. This this is just as important to the health of the entire institution. Yeah. And we would overblow the football program, you know, being the proprietors of a football blog. But I don't, I don't think it's actually overstated. I think it's, it's a pretty, especially in a, in a conference like the big 10 where you really have to be a peer or you have to do something like Northwestern does, which is find your own road. And, and Penn state is just a different flavor of Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio state for that matter is all they are really. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So where do you think, who do you, who would you like to see? Just rattle some names off the top of your head. Like, what do you think of, uh, do you think they would actually go with someone like Tony Dungy who apparently will not, um, from what I've read, will not speak, to anybody until the NFL season is over, which if that's true, you know, good, good luck to you coach, but yeah, he's just trying to stay out of, out of it. Probably he doesn't that, want to spur anyone. That could be very well true. I don't want any part of him by the way. I, I don't think, you know, I, we talked about the urban Meyer risk bringing anyone who's been in television or out of the game or even in the NFL for that matter. It's a different kind of hustle, I think, to, to coach it's a major college. It's a completely football. different kind of hustle. You're on the road. You're on the phone all day with talking to parents and recruits and you know, sort of micromanaging children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, children, you're dealing with... It's, it. one thing, it's one thing to deal with agents who at least play by a certain you know, set of rules. You're, it's you're an dealing entirely with, different set of rules. Yeah, I mean, like exactly like you said, you have parents, you have the Rob Bolden situation, you have... You have these ridiculous, you know, these these NCA violations are probably difficult enough just to keep up with, let alone not, you know, break. Um, you have a much bigger staff. I, I I wonder what the staff turnover rate is like. And that was another knock on on Urban is that he's this is this is a good problem to have, but he doesn't keep his assistants, or at least he hasn't historically. Mm -hmm. um, well, he's not apparently a very good person to work for. Or a pleasant person to work for. He may be very good at his job, but uh, people just seem to be driven away by him. I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a micromanager, essentially. Yeah, it's and a, and an effective it's tough one, to, but um, that'll wear you out. Yeah, but in, but I wonder I wonder how long, you know, if if that's still the case. I mean, if he's really ready to, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, personally, you know, after you get past that first layer that we kind of have already talked about, you know, I think the... You mean Mullen and... And uh, Charlie Strong? Strong. Yeah. I, I, it gets it gets pretty Brady Hoke-ish for me. And, and I don't... And then I don't. And then I find myself not not incredibly passionate. I think the, the saddest part of this, the th or the most telling part, is the Al Golden extension. I mean, you're talking, yeah. here's a guy who obviously loved the school, was probably waiting for the job, or at least waiting to interview for the job, got an opportunity to go to a weird Miami program, was completely thrown, you know, just screwed by the administration in terms of not giving him information about the, the sanctions and, the, and that whole thing. 
his team is terrible and erratic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he coaches them. It has to be, I mean, maybe he thinks he can just build a, a, a team that's more in his image with that talent pool down there. But at the, that, at the very least, that's a three, four year project. Um, so, and I mean, then he goes and signs an extension. Well, it, He's not I mean, having a good year. Unless he was told that it's not going to happen by Penn State. That any connection to the program is, so, is a non-starter. This is worth talking about. And I, I saw, um, I think there's a very valid, like, kind of two-sided argument here about Bradley and about people tied to to the legacy, I guess. So yeah. I... I find myself, and, and this was harped on on, on the uh, during the game, and and really has been brought up before, but it seems very conflicting to me to keep to keep administrators who are tied to people who are charged with crimes, and completely, you know, and, and there's two different, you know, there's two different kind of ways to look at this. There's what is, you know, what is right, what would work if no one was judging, and then what do you need to do from a brand management standpoint, right? Um, I find it very weird how, how everyone just kind of was able to step up the ladder on the administrative standpoint. I, I don't, I don't really think it's fair to, to treat Bradley that way, but I also, you know, agree that you can't, you cannot take the risk of something coming out two years, three years from now. Yeah, it's, I feel horrible for Tom Bradley in this instance, um, I've been saying the whole time that if, you know, these guys, even if they knew nothing, you know, the, the very appear, and, and there are layers to this, the appearance of keeping guys from the football program who were here during Sandusky's sort of reign of diddling, um, is sort of a non-starter. From the administrative standpoint, it's a little different because those guys are at least distanced somewhat, at least. And it's hard to tell how distanced they were. I mean, who knows what Rodney Erickson knew? And we know Graham Spanier knew things. I, You know what? That is, it's such a tiny town. I mean, you go there in the, on a non-arts fest summer week or weekend. Oh, I know. And, I mean, and the guys that have been running the town have been running the town for as long as Sandusky and Joe Paterno have been there. I mean, yeah. it's the same... You know, they're a third of the bars or half the bars are owned by one guy who's owned the bars for, you know. So I, it just seems, it seems kind of, and those, like, those, you know, those top, the elite class there is very, very small. Yeah. And they probably spend a great deal of time together. Their wives probably spend a great deal of time together or their husbands, I guess. We have, we have, um, we have senior women administrators. <laughs> we have a very progressive yeah. staff despite our, uh, archaic titles, but or maybe t- archaic token titles. Who knows what that is? Um, like you said, I'm sure it's a typo, but it's not. I, it's it's, it's showing up <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, but I, you're right. You're, you're there's right. no. It just I don't buy that that Bradley was so close and and everyone else could for 30 years not hear about it in a in a peer group of 40 people well, and, and that's shared with for 30 or for 10. You call it 10 or 15 years. Even. I mean, I, I don't really buy that none of the coaches knew nothing. I hope it's, I, it's really hard. To I, I, I hope I said that right. I, I, I find it impossible be, to believe that those guys could have worked there for that long and suspected nothing, know nothing, heard nothing. Yeah, and I'm not talking about something actionable that you go to the cops with in, in, in that sense. I mean, you know, of, of course they're all going to say like, we had no idea. Because they have to say that, and I, I would I would say that if I was in their position, um, but I I don't believe it. Well, and if you want to get real conspiratorial, you look at you know hiring Tom Bradley, who was who would have been connected to this, could have also been an issue for for a, a non Penn State school that that was picking up these people. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know and it, it this, the the tragedy of it all and like. I guess there's a lot of tragedies to this all, but in, in Bradley's particular instance anyway, is that he was being loyal. He was doing what the culture said he should do, which is, and I'm not talking about potentially knowing anything. I'm just talking about staying there, working hard, working his way up. Right. Um, and it turns out that 
being you know doing loyalty you know loyalty in the in the good sense of the word yeah um is gonna probably based on the way the board has acted so far it's gonna sink him yeah it's gonna it's gonna banish him from from the and and i think that's i think that's where a lot of the sentiment towards bradley comes from and and i completely understand it and, and i share in it that it's a guy who seemingly has done everything right and you know he even even to the point where you know people were hoping that he would get a head coaching position last year just so and, and this is my my view at least I, I wasn't alone in this just so he could finally be free and and get a head coaching job and not sort of be what we thought Jerry Sandusky was, which was a guy who held on and held on and held on and passed by opportunities and never got his shot. Although it came out today that he was considered for the Penn State Altoona head coaching job after he retired. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> I didn't know they had a team. I I didn't know they had a team either. I didn't know that Penn State Altoona had the balls to offer people of his stature the coaching job. <laughs> Should Penn State Altoona call up, you know, Ron Zook and offer him the job. Maybe they'll get Jay Paterno. Jay and, Paterno is another one I, I don't know what to do with. Yeah. He's, Where is he, he? I mean, he's so... He's, 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 he's become sort of a sympathetic figure in this, hasn't he? He really has. And going on the side, <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed seeing him on the sidelines. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he... You know, it, it, that's another one that's just tough. And you have to think of all the people who have ties to one particular plot of land. It's just right. turned it's yeah. a it's a hard thing to do to move up and go to go to Wyoming to take the offensive coordinator job or wherever you go. Yeah, and, and I just don't know. I don't know where we're headed. It, this is so unprecedented and so just flying blindly into what? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. What condition? My condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. Well, the other thing with this, with this committee is, you know, time is, is pretty important now. Yeah. Urban Meyer just got hired. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, recruiting... The quiet period or whatever it's called is over. Yeah. I, I don't very important sense point. any I don't sense any urgency from the committee. Join the <coughs> search committee this week. So, you know, I don't think it's uh Russ Rose will be uh Skyping in from practice. It's a, yeah, join this committee will meet as soon as they're eliminated from the tournament. Um you know, and then as dejected as the team looked, now you've got Bradley who has to feel like, you know, Best case, he he knocked himself down. I mean, he had he had some kind of, um, you know, there was a there was a certain kind of uh, like endearing, like quality to the team that like mm-hmm. you know, put aside the distractions and won or at least competed and worked hard. And those guys, God love them, they're still playing to go out and recruit this weekend. <laughs> you know, they're. I guess I, I don't know. I what do you say? What do you, you do yeah, I don't know what you say to anybody at this point. I mean, I really if you're don't. a recruit and he comes to your house and you're like, "Hey, it's appreciate the effort, man," but um, yeah, it's it's there, there's no way to convince anyone of, of anything if you're Penn State at this point. And and honestly, it's why they need to move sooner than later because as we're finding out, unless there's really really nobody that wants this job. And I'm not discounting that possibility. I'm not. Um, it, it could very well be that Dan Mullen passes. You know, he'll. You know, those guys aren't tied to this program, and, and the big big jobs open up. Yeah, they do. You know, 
Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen just okay. got a contract extension. He gets $2.6 million a year to coach at Mississippi State with next to no expectations. Um, can't imagine the price of living is too steep in Starkville. You know, it's it's not like he's some one double A coach that needs to cash in. He's cashing in already. And we're talking, if you're going to go get Dan Mullen, unless he sees this as, if he sees his situation as, okay, look, I'm coaching Mississippi freaking state. I'm never going to beat Alabama. I'm never going to win the SEC. I'm never going to, you know, there's a limit to what you can do. I looked up the historical records of the SEC over the last 15 or 20 years. They're essentially Minnesota or Indiana or Purdue or Northwestern. You're not going to do it at Mississippi State. You might get a six and two conference record once in a blue moon. But that's it. So unless he he looks at Penn State and says like, okay, I can do something there, and maybe get. I mean, how much is Penn State going to pay him more than he makes now? If he's at two point six million, how much do you think they're going to pay him? I mean, we think that there's money there, and and I I I believe that, but they're not going to give him. I mean, what, what what's Meyer signed for? Four million plus bonuses. Was it twenty six and six? Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, what, I I think. You, and you the think other Penn thing is going to go three and a half. I don't. <laughs> the, uh, I don't. the the next thing the you know, thing we have is... the coach from Harvard coaching us, and <laughs> and then we're uh, we're Northwestern. Well, it's it's what some people always want Penn State to be is Northwestern. Yeah, William would love that. We have to bring him on. Yeah, um, he would. But I, I think uh, we have to bring him on anyway. But we do. Um, it, the, the other interesting thing is if you're one of these coaches and you know the applicant pool is so shallow, you can really try to bend. Oh, you have Penn State by the balls if they want you. I mean, it's not like... Um, by the balls. It's, it's not. It's just it's a really weird situation. And, and you know, if... I would love to be the agent of one of these guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, you would be... Imagine being Charlie Strong's agent and getting a call from <laughs> Dave Joyner. Or, you know, and then the other thing you do is that you uh, you just leak that, that they offered you, and then you get an even bigger bump at your current place. Yeah. It's like, it's kind can't of a lose. nice situation. Can't but, lose. Can't yeah. lose. At Mississippi State. Miss- you get a yeah. bump from Mississippi State because you've been going 500 for however long yeah, it's they're, been. They're and- 2-6 this year in the conference. And I'm like, oh my god, we need to hire Dan Mullen. <laughs> Holy shit, we need that guy. Yeah, we uh, it's, we are in a bad. We might talk about how this could get bad, but it's it it's could, already a little bit of a difficult situation. It's already bad. I mean, look it, at Michigan. Look at look at how they twice look at Notre Dame struck out Notre Dame too. Look at I mean, Notre I know Dame. that Michigan is probably happy with Hoke now. Um, Right. Well, this week they were petrified. They were they were horrified with him when, when you know Brian Brian Cook needed therapy after they hired Brady Hoke. Well, I mean, and I think for good reason. You you you're Michigan. You think you think you are something. Um, you have a specific image about about what kind of allure your school offers. Mm-hmm. And they had you know great opportunity. Obviously, incredible brand. They were offering people with immense ties to the program. And they couldn't lure some of them. A lot of them. Twice they they missed really really high profile guys that would have just been you know and they pride and in love over and they and they and they you know so I don't know why Penn State had the same had the same probably set of expectations. So there's no guarantee that even without this thing, both Penn or um, both Michigan and Notre Dame were in infinitely better positions than Penn State finds itself in right now, and probably not, not even more, not even close. And the and and with like a, a complete blank check in terms of hiring people, yeah, for salary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they were in, in terms of salary and in terms of people. You know, you, if if they're telling if Penn State's telling Al Golden no thanks because you were connected to the program in the past, but I mean, holy shit, who are, who's who's going to be left at a point? I I can't. I hope that's we're not. Gonna I, getting, I, we're going to be getting Casey Keeler from Delaware. You know, the other thing is, if you're a coach coming in that we haven't talked about at all, and we will talk about, is is staffing the, the yeah. position. So you get it, and now all of a sudden you have, you're taking a chance, but then you're gonna you have to ask some hotshot defensive coordinator, some hotshot offensive coordinator, to, 
to take a chance. Yeah. I mean, um, Mullins, Mullins' defensive coordinator is not a guy with a lot of experience. He's especially at big schools. He was at Florida International two or three years ago. Well, and if they pass on Bradley, you know, what will be very interesting is is if Bradley's interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. Bradley's he, pretty appealing after this conversation, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I agree. Other than the, like, sarcastic laughing he was doing after the terrible calls, yeah. I, I like, I've liked everything else I've seen about him. Which, you know, and it's hard to tell... If they can, if they can justify it, if they can, I mean, that's the thing. How do you, how do you do that? I, I love Tom Bradley, love the guy, always have. But how do you get to the point where you can convince the public, where you can sell to them, and, and people say, "Well, fuck the public." Well, no, it doesn't work that way. It, we're talking about reestablishing a brand and rebuilding a reputation. You can't just say, "Well, fuck all," you know. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I just don't know how you keep Joiner, and then you say that you have to clean all ties to the program. It Joyner, doesn't add up. Joiner wasn't on the coaching staff. But he was I, part I mean, of the I athletic department. I mean, his boss was charged with perjury. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, was, was, he wasn't part of the athletic department, though, was he? He was on the board. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. But he I, wasn't I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he was involved in any way in the athletic department. Um the, I mean, the other issue, and we're, we're going in circles at this point, but yeah, it, but it's appropriate. Um, <laughs> it, it so is. Um, what else can we do? What else can we do? Well, yeah, and, and you know, if if you want to go down that road on, on how do you keep these administrators? Okay, so I mean, who do you you sweep out? Everybody? Then you're looking for you're conducting a, a search for a brand new president. You're uh, still searching for athletic director. You're still searching for a bunch of people. Never mind what's going on with the football program because that's small potatoes at that point. I mean, at, at some point they had to stabilize what was going on in Old Maine. <clears throat> Whether you know, and and I think that's sort of what they realized with Erickson's like, okay, we we need to stop the bleeding in this office. Then we need to stop the bleeding in the athletic department. Yeah, yeah that that is a very it speaks to the the idea that, um, you know, you had to you had to hurry up so you had to go so fast when this was breaking, uh-huh. and then and then that's you and then you have this kind of French Revolution effect where, like, <laughs> like you have to start cutting everyone's head off before like, and then and then eventually like right and then, yeah, and then I mean, eventually there, there was there was self preservation all around at that point. Um, and it just, it feels, the thing is, is if this happens in the off season, there is, if you could take a week to, to, um, to really at least ask some questions. Yeah. Students aren't there, thankfully for that whole show. And then, and then you can kind of, and you could get to the same place, but you could just get there so much more, um, with so much more credibility mm-hmm. than, oh, we have to cut everyone out of the program on Wednesday and then we have to you know, promote a lot of people that were at very high levels into permanent, you know, yeah. roles to fill them. But you're right. I mean, you can't, you can't let you the can't. entire school burn and then build it up because there's no one there to build it back there's, up. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no one there to do anything if um, unless you act from the top down at, at, at that juncture. Like, you can't just, <clears throat> and what are they supposed to do? You know, the, the Board of Trustees doesn't work at Penn State. They meet there four times a year and... <laughs> Right, right. And, uh, you know, they're they're not administering anything. They're showing up and voting on on capital projects and going home. Um, it's a mess. It's it's a mess unlike any mess that's ever been messed in the history of messes <laughs> before. I mean, we could be in a situation <clears throat> where Greg Schiano is is our best candidate. He already said he's not and, interested. Oh God! Well, good, I guess, in a lot of ways. He's 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 apparently out. Um, I, I this don't. This is gonna be bad. If Greg Schiano is voluntarily out, Al Golden must. Have I didn't even get a chance to say no to Greg Schiano. He's already out. <laughs> I remember. I remember hating on Greg Schiano on the Big Eleven. That's yeah. how long they it's were talking. Long, about it's been a long time. Take, you know. So I mean, Schiano Sh- Sh- and uh, who knows? I mean, Schiano gets paid a lot of money. Yeah, and he's Sh- in a. Schiano makes a, a pretty salary there. They built a house for him. Um, that conference, though, I don't, I don't know what. Well, that's the thing. It, it, you could, 
you can see where the Big East is sort of screwed and, and, and completely irrelevant, even more so than now. But I mean, irrelevant in terms of BCS and, and existing, <laughs> essentially. I mean, but but again, I guess you you just hold your ground and, and take a a less risky upgraded job yeah. two to three years from now. He certainly isn't going anywhere in the next two to three years at Rutgers and no. conference. Will He's be been there old. 11 years now, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I share in that. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know either. I, I think I was, hoping, I was hoping to get some answers tonight <laughs> and, and we've done nothing. Well, no, I, I we, sorry, we've I disappointed definitely. you once more, Tony and assorted <laughs> podcast listeners. Very sorry. I don't. I don't know where we're going. It, it. It's. If the first few choices, if, even if they're legitimate options, which we don't know that they will be, we don't know if Dan Mellon's going to be interested. We don't know if. I mean, Charlie Strong's just a name we just keep saying. There's no. <laughs> there's no legitimate <laughs> connection to this job whatsoever. We just keep oh, Charlie Strong. Um, it's going to get weird. It's going to turn into. Like NFL retreads and I don't know. Rich Kotite's well, gonna be coaching us in like a year. I wonder I wonder if the if the idea that you have to sweep sweep out the uh the whole staff holds when we start talking about Ivy League. Well that's a, that's or that's NFL the thing. position coaches with no connection to the program. That's the thing. Like do you, do you get to a point where Joyner and Lubert and Erickson Say like you know, this Tom Bradley guy, not so bad. Well, you know, and, and, I, and but the to... problem is, well, those guys have new jobs by then. Yeah, well, they have moved on already because you figure Tom Bradley's not going to last that long. Who knows if if LJ Senior wants to even stick around for this bullshit? Uh, Ron Vanderlinden certainly is more than qualified to be getting a job. Um, somewhere else. He was a former head coach at Maryland. He's a Midwestern guy. He could easily take a, a job out there. Um, you know, if, if the strategy by uh, Joyner and companies to slope play Tom Bradley and the current staff, I don't think that's going to work. And then we're super screwed. <laughs> super screwed. Well, if they, we're on if the they Jerry really... Faustrad at that point. If they really bomb the hire, though, I mean, at what point do you have to do you have to get new leadership? Yeah, you know, there. I. It is weird, and, and the other thing is, if the football program really does sink, which there's at least a fifty percent chance of that, I think yeah. after having this conversation, <laughs> I'm totally getting season tickets next year because <laughs> I, I can probably get them on the forty yard line. For free. Yes, step step be, was poorly, poorly timed. They'll be wasn't it? giving that shit away next year. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I can't wait to see what what's going to happen with season tickets. I I am so fascinated with how that's going to unfold between the backlash against Paterno being fired and the backlash against Penn State generally and the economy still being in the crapper. I am just fascinated with the number of empty seats that might be in that stadium next year. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't want to give that impression, but I'm, I'm interested to see how low this gets in that sense. Yeah. I mean, the only <coughs> thing I can think though, is if you do, you have a lot of current coaches and current donors and current, you know, academic staffers who have a very vested, you know, important interest in in this going well so you know the board can make kind of they can put their their foot in the sand or whatever but i i I don't see i don't see nonsense going on for too long i mean someone will pony up or i but at the same time i mean you make one bad decision that's three bad years and then another three or four to get get out of the hole so that's the thing You, you 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 screw up once you know, things go poor. And, you know, it doesn't mean it's a bad hire, but, you know, shit happens. You know, these things go badly sometimes, very often. And then you bring in another guy who needs to recruit his guys to get into the system, and that takes three years, and all of a sudden that's not working. And then you 
you know, you become every other program in the country. And that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah, but you we, have we this, are, are <laughs> at least pro- when you're every other program, you have Charlie Weiss's first year. And, <laughs> you know, like you, you get this kind of pop, right? I don't, yeah. we're not going to get a pop out of this hire. No. It's, it's, a, no, this, this, it's a somebody stop the bleeding, please. Hire. This this is a, a guy who was hit by a car limping into the emergency room, <laughs> bleeding from every uh, pore in his body, and just you know, God. And damn. then, and oh, then all so of a sudden, bad. you're you're the next person has, <clears throat> you know, at least the program has some players and and some at least some modest momentum. Yeah. Um, if you if you take that away and you and you're still having you know brand issues, it's it's um, it's tough. It's this tough. one's big. This one is very very big. Yeah. There's a decade's worth of of uh, of things happening. I think in the next two weeks. Yeah, Ira, Ira better step up. Oh, Ira, do it, Ira. Be the leader that he was he was born to be. Do chairman you, and co-founder. Do what you did for Kale. Terry, we need you. Save us, Terry. Terry and Ira, our, our fate is in your hands. Um, I mean, the guy has like $3 billion. What? Honestly, come on. <laughs> Just get this. help us out a little bit. Help a brother out, Terry. Come on. That's over an hour. We need to, we need to stop. <laughs> we need to stop. I'm going to pass out from the, from the depression at this point. And with that, I hear the baby screaming in the other room. So we're going to wrap this up. And uh, we'll be back with more happiness next week. It's going to be awesome.